Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to October 22nd, Monday. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. So, yeah, we have a whole lot of show, and luckily today's the free show, so use it like your free dose of heroin. Pass it on to your friends like a free dose of heroin. Let's get everybody hooked on the heroin that is the land of Boz. But my weekend, it was an interesting one for anybody that follows me. Um, yeah, interesting. The greatest weekend of my life! (laughs) Ah, that dude is always so creepy. I wouldn't say the greatest weekend, but it was quite an adventure. For anybody that follows me on uh, Friday, I believe, somebody DM'd me on my Instagram account, uh, the Jeff Bosley, and told me there was an image of me uh, on a poster at Times Square. And I assumed... Not uh, being jaded, but I just assumed I was a little blown out of proportion. So I Googled the latest images from Times Square. I believe they even have a live camera of Times Square just for all the tourists. And no shit. (laughs) There's a giant image of the character I play in uh, the new Call of Duty release, Nomad. And I was stupefied. And I'm a dreamer. Uh, I do what I do daily because I have a dream. And I don't like the word dream, but more people relate to the word dream uh, because... But at the same time, it seems kind of whimsical. So I typically try to use the word goal. Um, but regardless, um, I have a dream to be where I want to be in my career and my in my life. And um, money and wealth and po- billboards and all that, those aren't like check marks, so to speak. But they're, I guess I want to say they're kind of like stepping stone indicators or mile markers in the career. And uh, you'll never get your, if, depending on your career, I say you uh, in a different manner. But... Um, I'll never get my first billboard on Times Square again. There's only one first, just like anything in the world that you only get one first time of something. And I just was like, I got to get a picture of that. Not of it, but of me in front of it. Um, just, I, I mean, the, the childish, youthful, innocent, innocence of seeing something for the first time. Uh, I just remember being brought back to my, the first time I saw Old Faithful in Yellowstone Park. Just that, that purity. Um, but I didn't have the funds to pull that off. Uh, plane tickets are astronomical, especially last-minute plane tickets. Um, and a friend of my manager's, uh, I'll just call her W for now, uh, really stepped up and uh, got me some free tickets. They were standby. And uh, we played the odds and set ourselves up for as much success as possible with even bettering the odds of how I flew, where I flew. And sadly, they had one less seat, not enough, and I was that one more too many on the standby flight and it was kind of all or none it wasn't like a typical standby it was like this was it or it wasn't at all so i sadly didn't get to go but i ubered down to lax uh, got my bag and packed and got izzy taken care of and was gonna literally friday night fly to new york land the next day basically because of the time change get the picture and then just i i love new york oh my god i love new york so much uh there's something i always say is about new york and i mean this in a loving, endearing way. I genuinely love this about New York. I don't mean this uh, in a negative way at all, but what you get in New York from the people are that what whatever they are, they're genuine. And that's not to imply any place else I've ever lived is not genuine, but there's just something about the people in New York that they're genuine. You get If they're an a-hole, they're an a-hole. If they're sweethearts, they're sweethearts. There's, a, there's no mask. I mean, I'm sure there are, but the people I've experienced... It is you get what they you get what you get, and I love that about New York. So I could have just hung out all. Day, well, I would have had to hang out all day long, 
through Saturday night to Sunday morning to Sunday afternoon and then fly out Sunday. And I was just going to Green Beret in New York it. Um, I had some warm clothes. Uh, um, homeless people pull it off, and I was going to pull it off. But sadly, I didn't make it. So that was a little bit of the chaos that was my weekend. And for those of you who don't know, we're playing catch-up. Um, the way video games work is they have voice they have characters or actors or voice actors that play the voice in the game. They have characters and, and actors that do the motion capture, that do the physical aspect of the game. And then they also have like image reference characters that they act, they cast actors for. And uh, so most of the still photography or the close-up face rec- facial images of me within the game itself um, is based off of me. Um, so it's pretty dang cool. It's a neat little kid's dream come true. Uh, so far, my two billboards are um, uh, the first one ever was a giant. It was actually on the opposite side of a Baywatch, the Rocks Baywatch billboard. So it was sizable <laughs> uh, down in downtown L.A. somewhere uh, for Bosley Medical. Uh, that's the hair transplant people, for those who don't know. And yes, it's not a coincidence. That is my family. Uh, so it's it's um, I'm literally have had hair transplants. Um, I would be bald without them. And um, the family, uh, it's, it's my uncle's, who has since passed. It was his business, and I'm lucky enough to be a patient. So um, I was the billboard. <laughs> and then this is my, number two: is me playing a fictional video game character, which is awesome because I'm the character in it that has a dog. And a lot of people who know me know me because of Izzy, my dog. So it's kind of cool that my character has this big roided out pit bull. <laughs> so that's uh, that was kind of my weekend. I ended up because of all that, I was exhausted. I slept most of the day Saturday, and then uh, Saturday night I hung out with a bunch of stunt men and women. Whom uh, I got to throw it out there is anybody who watched Venom, any of the Fast and Furious movies, almost all the Marvel movies. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to be around that crew. Hell, I've seen him in Blade. I've seen him in John Wick. Um, that crew makes action movies, action movies. And I'm actually going to do a whole other segment on that later. But uh, slept in, and then today is Sunday. I'm, I record kind of the day before, typically. And today I was able to meet um, a very uh, admirable and, and hardworking um, former Green Beret, fellow former Green Beret, uh, Alan Shabaro who is getting his fourth degree black belt today. And um, he and a crew I've uh, overlapped with here in LA and around the country. We're hanging out today, um, rolling on the mat um, and uh, handing out the people's earned different belts. And uh, Mr. Shabaro got his fourth degree today. I think he's been doing this something like 27 years. So he is a, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu man among men. So that was a cool morning. And then this evening I'm heading off to um, uh, the premiere of a film uh, I had the fortunate um, occurrence to be in uh, that was scanned, scanned um, that was uh, shown at uh, Cannes this year. Uh, it's called Escape, and I'm going to be seeing that tonight. And then I'll be coming back home and finishing this show. So uh, I'm going to give you guys as much to shove in your ear hole as possible. So um, let's get into the pre pre show because I got a little bit more to chat about. <laughs> And because it's Monday's show, I try to treat it like a fancier restaurant where you get like five or six appetizers versus, um, I don't even know, a crappy restaurant where you get one. Uh, Mondays are my multi-appetizer shows where I try to give you a couple pre-show features before I get into the body of the show. Uh, And today's pre, one of my today's pre-pre-show features um, is I wanted to talk about 
something that's been coming up for the last couple of weeks, over a month now, um, and it's its root and its foundation is based on my recently ended relationship with Pauline, my ex. Now, I'm not going to get into all this drama. He said, she said, hi, you know, and all that crap. But one thing I do want to get into is, um, I guess, definitively, because people keep messaging me and because there's a resurgence of these two memes that had tons and tons of tons of views are getting reposted and I'm getting retagged as a result. Um, so to put it all to bed in the shortest sentence possible, she broke up with me. We haven't talked much since. In fact, we haven't, she won't, hasn't spoke to me. So we've moved on. That's that. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what's going on on that side of the world. Let's just call it good. Share the pictures and all that, or the memes or whatever, but that's that. But the thing I do want to talk about in lieu of that, um, that some people have been asking me about, some people actually wrote me in on, that'll be a segment later today in the show, um, is that made me think about, uh, just like anything, when it ends or changes or transitions, you reminisce or you think about the past, think about the future, and you do all this, whatever the hell you want to call it, soul searching, what have you. But I wrote a note when I was at the gym. I always take notes for the show, wherever I'm at. And one of the notes was, I'll just write, uh, read it, what, exactly what I wrote. Um, do you miss blank in parentheses, relationships, etc., or the ideals, idealized nostalgic memory? And it's an interesting thing I kind of wanted people to ponder is, uh, we can use relationships as an example. Hell, I mean, you can use way, way long past relationships as it seems like after any relationship, you, you look at the one that just ended and then you have this weird evaluation, of all the past ones. And then you start because memory serves you wrong. You're not in the, you're not in the heat of it. You're not in, in, you know, living in it at present tense. Your memory is only going to remember the spikes as I think about it, like the the spikes of the, the timeline. It's not going to remember the, the neutral mundane stuff. And sometimes those spikes are positive spikes of memory. Sometimes they're negative spikes. But it, for whatever reason, depending on your, your frame of mind or your frame of reference, or let's say you're even grabbing for optimism because you're in a negative space or you're grabbing for negativity maybe because you're in a negative space. You know, it could be a self-perpetuating downward spiral. But, you know, you look back and you think sometimes you can find yourself going down this rabbit hole of, oh, this was great. I missed this and this, that. And then we all need to do this. Do you need to pause and think to yourself, do you really miss the whole package uh, or do you miss what you're idealizing or what you're, you know, having a bit of nostalgia over? Because I don't know if that's uh, the brain's survival function uh, to like only reminisce on the good stuff or if that's some like hippy dippy universe stuff to make us try to be optimistic positive people where you only think about the nostalgia and the good times I don't know but it really is something I try to run myself through when I have moments of regret or doubt whether it's with an ex relationship like my recent one or any long-term exes from a long time ago or hell cars you've sold or you know just any major life decision are you romanticizing its its existence or, you know, to the point where you're skewing your own memory to the point where you're feeding the regret or feeding the question questions you're having? You know, it's just a little thing is whatever you're going through presently or just relatively recently or will go through. I think we all got to stop or hell I, right hand to God. I've even taken notes to remind myself, not in, not when I'm in a bad space. Like if you write, take notes about something negative when you're like in the heat of it, they're going to be obviously a little jaded and slanted, but I've actually taken notes in, in when I've been in an objective frame of mind, things that just, you know, whatever X topic, I, these are the things, Hey, remember these when you're having moments of doubt or questions. So I literally can reference back a journal essentially of, Hey, keep this in mind, learn from your mistakes, learn from what didn't work. And don't forget these were things. Don't beat yourself up for something that happened. 
uh, because of these things. And it's just something for us all to maybe think about to do it is I'm not perfect. I'm, I probably am the, um, epitome of humanity and roller coasters and extreme emotions and all that. But one thing I do try to do to counter that is sit down and really, truly, I, like I said, I really have some of these things in a, in a uh, note in my, uh, on my iPhone, like, Hey, these are the things you'd need to have you know, next time in a relationship or hell, a car, whatever it is. And then these are the things that didn't work. Or these are the things to keep in mind when you're having moments of questioning and doubt, like look at these reinforcement points and, um, you know, have those moments, you know, and I, I think a lot of people can get in this downward spiral of romanticizing high school, even and all these moments in life that you need to like romanticize the nostalgia of the, you know, the good memories, but don't dwell on them, move on. So it, it's a definitely a fine line to coast of just remembering the good times or just remembering life because life isn't all good times, but just remembering that time of life, but not to the point where you're living in that time. Move on, get on, move forward. You know, and in my case, it's quite easy. Uh, we don't talk. So it's easy to look back, move on, look at the things that didn't work and go, okay, noted, moving on, uh, lessons learned. So I don't know, that's my little ramble about um, an idealizing uh, nostalgia versus uh, truly remembering it for what it was. So ramble concluded. And I hate the word fan mail, but whatever, let's just call it some sort of dialogue between y'all and me, whether it's DMs, uh, the Patreon page, Patreon comments, literally email at fans at jeffbosley.com or whoever, whatever. I try to copy paste them, keep track of them. Um, and, uh, today there was a handful, but today I'll just kind of tie into the last two segments with today's, uh, message to me, to an unknown named segment. <laughs> oh my God. Here. I know him. I know him. And this is referencing in a segment last week, um, where I was talking about, um, having a come to Jesus about what you can offer a significant other or, typically relationship person. Um, and actually, you know, are you kidding yourself? Are you kidding them? Are you trying to do too much or whatever? And again, uh, I'm not perfect, but this person, had an interesting comment, uh, for those of you that heard, and if it's this Monday, if you're a Monday only show person, this is the stuff you're missing out on a lot of this juicy stuff. A lot of people are writing in and commenting, helping build the show and creating a back and forth dialogue and helping design this show and make it a, I hate that word organic, but making this show organic. But anyway, uh, I'll leave this one anonymous, but this person wrote in and said, um, oh man, I can totally relate to the relationship segment of your podcast today. My husband sounds just like you. He's very, very, very work focused. And that comes before anything else, which is to be fair. It's what makes him so successful. We've been together for 11 years, married five, and it's a tough juggling act for want of a better phrase, get attention. I think I'm often more like his housekeeper than anything else, but when but when needed, he is there and supports me in all ways. So I work with it. So yeah, that was an interesting thing for those of you who heard last week's show is, you know, that's a conducivity that uh, when people are more and more to the other extremes of the spectrum, that conducivity and that overlap uh, of what works, what doesn't, you know, where one is slacking, one picks up the yin and the yang of it. That's one of the situations where it works. So that's awesome. Uh, thank you, anonymous person. I won't name for writing that in. It's awesome that you did that. And it's just a little thing to share with y'all. I, I do check my messages. I do check my emails and I try to get back to every one of you. So uh, with that being said, you write in, you may be on the show. And not like you haven't been shoved into what makes my brain tick enough as it is. Uh, this brings us to our segment, Jeff's Journal. 
it's, it's kind of a lame alliteration, but it's what I had at the time. It's just kind of sticking. Uh, but since it's a Monday show, and I don't think I did it last Monday because I screwed up and didn't do journal the day before, uh, you Monday folks are in for a treat. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, before we get into it, Jeff's journal, base, I, um, I try to, in the spirit of scuba diving, I plan my dive, I dive my plan. I look at this like I plan my day, and I um, the, the, the metaphor doesn't kind of work when translated. But I wake up every morning, and I try to kind of write out my day's plans and try to live those plans. And it's a simple little three bulleted points I try to cover as far as, and those are gratitude, assertion, and action. Things I need to be grateful for, things I assert will happen, and things I will do for that day. So here is today's Jeff's Journal. And hopping right into it, Jeff's Journal. My last one. Gratitude. This is um, actually because I do a little of these retroactively. This is the day after the uh, Call of Duty New York debacle. Uh, but gratitude. I am thankful for support and belief. And I'm referencing thank you for anybody who supports me and believes in me. Um, it's awesome where it's literal, metaphorical from a distance or first degree of separation and everything in between. I'm very thankful for the support and the belief people have in me. My action for that day, because this is the day after the New York botched attempt, I was a little poo-poo lip. Um, my action was that I'm going to be, that I am better than negativity. I'm sorry, my assertion is that I'm better than negativity. Because it's an easy go down to downward spiral and I live my days of a roller coaster of yay, success, and thing I want to boo, broke, you know, and all that, everything in between. So I'm trying to find myself to say I'm better than negativity. And action. I will relax. I never relax and I took Saturday afternoon off and so I checked that box. <laughs> so that is Jeff's journal. <laughs> And that brings us to my favorite game of the show. Actually, it's the only game of the show, but it's cowboy term or sex term. And so you know the rules. Basically, I'm going to give my buddy a cowboy term or a sex term, and then he's got to guess if it is a cowboy term or a sex term, and then he's got to also guess the definition. And then the sound you hear will correlate with the correct answer. So no matter what he says, the sound you hear only correlates with the correct answer. So if he says cowboy term and it's actually a sex term, you're going to hear Duke Nukem. If he says it's a sex term and it's actually a cowboy term, you're going to hear a yeehaw. So, with no further ado, here is cowboy term or sex term. All right, and like I said in the opening, this is one of my favorite games. Actually, the only game, but it's awesome, so I don't need any other games. It's cowboy term or sex term, and today I bring back Scott Seagren longtime friend of mine and Scott I'm not joking <laughs> I say it every time but when I'm copying and pasting these I'm laughing out loud I'm so excited for these oh I'm excited I'm the reigning champion I gotta uh, break my own record you here. are actually you actually are and uh refresh your memory I already explained it but you will say what you think it is cowboy term or sex term and then you'll actually also give me a definition and then the sound effect I will play will correlate with the right answer regardless of what you said so the yeehaw means it was a cowboy term. The Duke Nukem means it was a sex term. And that's obviously all in post. <laughs> so you don't get to enjoy it live. <laughs> I'm so ready. All right. <laughs> so excited. Trust me. So starting today, number one, October 22nd for cowboy term or sex term. We start with <laughs> number one, 
Boomtown. B-O-O-M-T-O-W-N. Oh, Boomtown. my God. Boomtown. <laughs> Welcome to Boomtown. I'm going to say sex term. And your definition, sir. Uh, well, I mean, more or less, I feel like... Uh, I feel like my 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 tone said it all. Uh, Boomtown, <laughs> like knocking boots town, like banging town. Welcome to Boomtown. <laughs> all right. Uh, was it a cowboy term or a sex term? I said sex term. <laughs> cowboy term. Oh no. <laughs> I know you're just warming up. It's okay. I hit you out of the blue. We didn't really, we didn't really do any like uh, conversational foreplay. <laughs> we just jumped good. right into it. So, Boomtown. And like I said in the past, I can explain all the cowboy ones, the sex terms, because I try to keep the semi family friendly or uh, dependent. But Boomtown is a town that grew up rapidly, usually in a mining town or a town where cattle trail met a railroad line. So that was me pump faking you with something blatantly obvious, but so obvious it could have been a sex term. Damn it. You got me. You got me. It's okay. It's okay. I I psyoped you on that one. That's that's 99% of it is being confident. (laughs) All right. uh, I'm excited. I don't care. For me, there's no lose because it's all fun for me. Number two, uh, cowboy term or sex term. (laughs) <laughs> gerbling g-e-r-b-i-l-i-n-g gerbling Wait, gerbling uh yeah i stand corrected yes that's me being <laughs> absurd g-e is the j sound okay so gerbling i am i am very i've never seen the word gerbil spelled term like if there is a if there is a cowboy <laughs> term that is also gerbling i'll i'll be surprised i, I really will because I'm fairly right. confident I know what gerbling is. <laughs> and without getting and your into definition, detail, sir. the definition would keeping be... Keeping it semi-PG, PG-13. The definition would be something that uh, Richard Gere has always been rumored to have been guilty of. <laughs> and was he right? I'm bringing sexy back. Yes, it is a sex term. Um, I will elaborate, skipping many, many words. Gerbling, also known as gerbil stuffing, uh, the absurd. <laughs> the the absurd. This one I tried to make it so obvious that made you go. You know, I I'm kind of scared that this is so obvious. He has to be joke, you know, messing with me. Nope. Uh, gerbling, gerbil stuffing. The absurd urban legend that some men put gerbils. Uh, bleep 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 bleep. The common versions of this myth involve putting a tube into bleep 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 bleep. Coaxing a gerbil to bleep bleep bleep, removing the tube bleep bleep bleep. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and also a little known side, um, like I guess you could say a spinoff term is called hedgehogging. Yep. I'll leave that. I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> Scott apparently is the uh, the know all of these the rodent sex terms. Let's just say I've heard some of these before in conversation, and I've had some of these pitched at me, and I was like, wait, what? Pitched to uh, that's all another show. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> all right, so that's the one, two, number three on cowboy term or sex term. Lock crotches, L O C K space C R O T C H E S. Lock crotches. Now this cowboy term or sex term. This sounds. This is tricky because 
I mean, <laughs> for obvious reasons, you could say that it might be a sex term, but I feel like it's it's too obvious that it might be a cowboy term. You pump bacon son of a gun. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Locking crotches. Well, no, because I feel like, I mean, unless it's just another term for scissoring, I don't think it's that. Locking crotches. Okay, I think it maybe is a cowboy term. And I have two possible ideas for a definition on this one as a cowboy term. All right. One. Two are acceptable. One being... uh, isn't there a thing of like when like a steer is trying to mate, like they can get stuck, like literally locked crotch wise? Yeah. That is a true phenomenon. I believe it happens also like in like giraffes or some absurd. Yeah, animals. yeah. And like a couple other animals too, actually. I think ducks yeah, is they have one like of a, them. They have like a spear headed uh yeah, hoo-ha. Something like that. Yeah. Uh so that's one possible <laughs> hey. definition. Um, the other thing is it's probably like something else innocuous, like, you know, like a truck hitch or something locking into something else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, I can't, I, the thing is with this, is I can't rule out your theories, uh, because they are solid. Uh, but in this case, because I run the show, this is, I'm bringing sexy back a sex term Son of a- and it's what you're. And it's what your instinct said. It's synonymous with joint at the groin, i.e. scissoring. Damn it. <laughs> I know. Like I said, we ran into this. I, I texted you and just said, let's do this. It's Cowboy Turbo Sex Room. So you're at, you know, you're off your game. It's okay. <clears throat> well, the, 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 uh, the, the mighty must fall sooner or later. I guess Scott so. Is no longer the reigning champion. I came in, I came in hot. I came in too cocky. I was like, Oh, I got this. <laughs> exactly. No pun intended on Cowboy Turbo Sex Room. Oh, they only get worse. Trust intended. me. I'm very excited. These just get better and better. And I just threw these together, too. Yeah, I'm around. Number one, two, three. <laughs> I'll leave you to that. Number four, cowboy term or sex term, out the back door. Cowboy term or sex oh, term, boy. three words, out the back door. Oh, boy. Well, I, I, I once again am torn here because I feel like there's a very obvious sex term there. Uh... <laughs> But watch it be some cowboy term that it like means something again, just something really simple and innocuous. Out the exactly. back door. Out the back door. Okay. All right. Damn, I have a good one for both. I think. Mm, I gotta Go stick to one. I gotta commit. I gotta commit. Yeah. I think. I think I'm gonna go cowboy term. <laughs> okay. I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. My my instincts have been failing me this game. But I'm going to go cowboy term, and I'm going to say out the back door being, like, the actual sort of idiom of, you know, when the plan fails, you just, it's out the back door. you got to go with something else. Or it's something probably, like, shit-related. Okay, fair enough. Well, like I've said in the past, uh, the definition is just a bonus. I only, I only count points if you get the uh, category right. And in this case, <laughs> cowboy term. So you got it. All right. Definition not really close, but it's when a rider <laughs> is thrown over the back end of an animal. Uh, okay. And like I said sure, with one of my sure. last guests, kind of some of these could be both. <laughs> That's true. So That's you, true. But still. Yeah. Uh, so you're one. It's okay. 
It's all good. This will give you only. This is, you know, Rocky had to get almost killed to come, but get back to the top. I know so. I'll have a mighty comeback on the next game. You'll have your your training cowboy term or sex term montage, and you'll bring, you'll come back to the top. I'll just I'll just peruse all right. all of Urban Dictionary. Oh, this is messed up. Yeah, some of these websites, the googling I do for these. And number five, cowboy term or sex term. <laughs> Legal catch. L-E-G-A-L space catch. Legal catch. Cowboy term or sex term. God damn it. <laughs> these are good, right? You picked some good ones. You definitely picked some good I ones. I did. I'm proud of these. Some double on Under the gun, I really threw sure. some together. Ah, <laughs> uh, legal catch. Legal catch. Damn it. Legal catch just because of the word literally being legal. I'm going to go cowboy term. <laughs> Like maybe it's rodeo related. I think probably it's just a term for like, like maybe rodeo or like like uh, lassoing calves or something, and you like just barely tie it off or something. And I don't know. That that's my guess. All right. Well, Scott went with cowboy term, and <laughs> you're right. All right. <laughs> Legal ca- and you got the definition pretty dang near close. Sweet. Legal catch is in team roping. That team roping, for those who don't know, they basically have a calf bust out of a gate. Two cowboys go uh, chasing him, and they rope the front and the back hooves, uh, or head and hooves. It depends. But the in team roping, the header, the guy obviously that catches the head, must catch the steer around the horns, head, or neck. This is also called a fair catch. Got so it. you're pretty dang close. All right, all right. So... Scott had a rough day, but you know what? These were really hard, especially with me mispronouncing gerbling, (laughs) (laughs) i.e. gerbling. Gerbling. Uh, And that has been Cowboy Term or Sex Term. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Happy. I got to come back. I'm going to have to come back. (laughs) Adios, buddy. All right. Later. And today, Monday, a special treat. Um, A lot of people have asked, and I figured I'd import it and throw it on the show, is a... Special section in acting chat. Um, It is an interview I did just last week with the UK radio show called the Craig Avery Show. Uh, The the, uh, gentleman, Craig Avery, I've been on his show once or twice a year for the last couple years. um, And he's always been massively supportive. And uh, quite honestly, he's an amazing uh, over-the-airwaves friend. And I can't wait to meet with him and chat with him. And um, we always have a great rapport. And... This was a good, fun 20 minutes, so I figured I'd share it with y'all. Here's a acting chat and today's special uh, show with, uh, I did the Craig Avery show in the United Kingdom. Well, I'm an actor, right? So I gotta keep my emotions right at the surface, you know? Well, I've had a little bit of a problem, uh, as you may have guessed, uh, getting hold of Jeff Bosley, but I believe we've got Jeff on the line. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> hey, good evening. <laughs> you you may have guessed, you make it sound like my I have a virus or something that I gave your new studio. <laughs> it's a brand new studio, and we had a... Uh, I've already ruined it. No, no, it's working perfectly, obviously, now, but it's just a little bit of teething problems. First of all, I was getting out, and I was out a little problem getting out in the uh, UK, then I got to a, a multilingual uh, options in the US where they said to me, if I wanted to pre- speak English, press one, and they told me in Spanish, if I want to speak Spanish, which would have been a bad interview. Uh, I mean, I, for, for two reasons. Uh, I don't know any either. I could maybe pull some French out of my backside. And a push. Now, um, I think we better, we better um, it's, it seems quite a privilege, and it's, uh, it's quite a roundabout way that um, 
you know, you've yeah. been an auspicious guest, and, and I was due to have James Henry, the Liverpool songwriter, as my first guest this evening, and um, he's had to rearrange because his album's been delayed, so he'd rather do the interview when the album's new album's oh, I'm out, sure. which makes a lot yeah. of sense. So yeah, is sure. your, you've got the privilege of being this, my first guest in this lovely studio. As uh, I have christened your studio's... Um... I don't want to say virginity, but <laughs> <laughs> you can do. Okay. <laughs> now, um, I think it's been a little while, so we, we'll um, and not, we've got a lot of people who are pleased that I had you back on the program. Um, ecstatic. So we so we'll we'll talk because your uh, your your life story has been very interesting, and in the last few years <laughs> has been has really taken off as we've followed a lot of people have followed your your career from uh, Army Greenberry to you know, to where you are now. So just, just we'll go back and re- re- recap. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your life story. The, uh, uh, the game show short version is um, Theater Geek. Uh, in America here, when 9-11 happened, I was still in theater, and then I ended up enlisting in the Army. Um, and then actually the next day is when I proposed to my, at the time, now ex-wife. Uh, so the Army came first, the marriage came second. <laughs> and then... Uh, it was an Army Green Beret, um, uh, your your version of the British SAS, uh, loosely speaking. I was I did that for a little career, uh, got out, and then I was a uh, firefighter in my local city in Colorado in the States, and then through weird circumstances, the, uh, the proverbial divorce, uh, I was like, you know what, it's time to, the childhood dream was always to play, play G.I. Joe, and I kind of, or be G.I. Joe in the real world, and I did that. And then my second subpar parallel dream was to, pretend to be G.I. Joe and circumstances, friends and a bunch of advice and just the right trifecta of things lined up. And I was like, you know, forget it. And I did everything that was against my wiring as a grown, grown adult and sold and gave away everything, uh, moved to LA. And, um, I moved here with, I've never done this. And even hearing myself say it again, it makes my stomach turn. I had no plan. I didn't have a job. I had no agenda. I only had a place on a floor that somebody's going to let me sleep on and moved to LA. And, um, I vowed to not ever have to, uh, have any other job other than act. And that's fortunately worked out. I mean, it, it, I've had to live thin, but I moved here and, uh, through that merciless pursuit, I've luckily been acting ever since, um, paying my bills and some roles that were slightly embarrassing many more as, as my career progresses, I'm a lot more proud of. And uh, brings us to where we are today, I think. <laughs> There's been some absolutely lovely roles you have had. I mean, one that I'm, I think any red-blooded male will be envious of. So we'll have to recap on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking to uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah, Una Thurman. Yeah. You are. You are yeah, Twitter-pated yeah. with that role. I think the I word is... I think the word is jealous. Yeah, I, I think they actually, if I'm honest, yeah. the word is jealous. No, that is right. That is right. I, I'll make a video loop of it just so you can play it on a loop like on your screensaver, <laughs> your screensaver in the studio. <laughs> um, yeah, that one actually, that was funny because when you and I first met, I think I was shooting or just barely shot it or uh, it was very, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was one of my very, very first roles in LA. Um, and uh, that just came out. I want to say officially on like six months ago, they had the premiere and now it's on iTunes. So, I mean, that was like four, three, four years in the making. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I somehow, uh, I was the lowly man on the totem pole. So I didn't get notified about the premiere and, uh, somebody screen grabbed it and I went to iTunes and watched it. I was like, Hey, this is a good movie. Oh yeah. I'm in bed with Uma Thurman in this movie. Let me watch that scene again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, 
Yeah, I've said it in the past, and and I like everybody. Like, it seems like everybody likes rumors and stories and all. I I am happy to report every time that she was regal and polite and uh, treated me with nothing but respect. Uh, and you know, like she at the end of the day, this I say this every time because it makes me feel like a just a giddy little kid. At the end of the shoot, um, when my uh, I was like on there for a couple of weeks. Uh, at the end of the shoot, she goes and that's a that's a wrap on Jeff Bosley and led the clap. And if I had my cell phone, I just would have recorded that. And I just, I played over every morning to get myself going for the day. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was what you wanted her to be. Thank God. She was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then you had some wonderful, I think it was, was it American Sniper that was the uh, next? Yeah, really that was, up- the, yeah, that was the big B-roll, B, you know, like kind of straight to Netflix movie. Um, but again, it was growing up, I, I was always watching Steven Seagal, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe Jean Claude Van. You know that was that was the action hero of my lot growing up. And uh, this movie had was starring Steven Seagal. And in the movie, ironically, I played a Green Beret. And in the movie, ironically, I'm the first guy to die. Uh, so I mean, spoiler, sorry. Um, but we got to yeah, we got to work with him for and that was a long shoot actually. And me and another buddy were Green Berets. He's actually the guy that got me the uh, Uma Thurman job. Uh, and that's that's what I'm learning as my career is progressing. Is it's the jobs I've had the most fun and my biggest enjoyment and to be brutally honest, the biggest paychecks. I mean, all the things that were the biggest, biggest, biggest had nothing to do with agents or managers. It was reputation and, and the right, knowing the right people and not in a a malicious way, but just in a proverbial right place, right time, right. You know, you were, I was just a bugger in their ear and it just worked out. So, uh, it's it's reassuring, but also depressing. (laughs) (laughs) No say in the job. I think I think sometimes you have to do the hard yards to put you in those positions. Um, and yes, I, I do sure. think I think your luck does certainly play a part in everything. Who you chance meetings, etc. But yeah. um, but that without talent, you're not going to um, keep keep there, are you? You're not going to keep. There. Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I won't remotely put myself on the back, but yeah, yeah. you got to you could. What is? I don't know that I'm going to butcher the quote, but something about you know something is when hard work and skill meet good luck or something. There's some quote like that and. Um, it, it talks about skill, talent, and hard work, and 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 I, I try to do everything, I, anything I have control over, I work on. So, like, yeah, if I'm in the right space, right place, right time, but I'm a really crappy actor, that obviously is a useless uh, endeavor. Yeah. So I try to show up and give them what the reputation hopefully preceded me with. Yeah. Now, now, now recently, just coming up to some of the things you've just been doing, because uh, you had some big, big things happening. It's been, yeah, it's been a, there's a big um, Christian Bale movie coming out. Um, it's called Vice, and it's um, about our vice president, Dick Cheney, uh, the whole pre-9-11, post-9-11 uh, movie. And it's directed by Adam McKay, who did um, the big short with uh, about our, our big mortgage crisis. And it was Adam McKay. It's typically like a Stephen or Will Ferrell humor movie guy. And that movie about the mortgage crisis just was astonishing. I think it won Oscars. And this is his follow-up to that. And I got cast in that. I think I was shooting for about two weeks, which for me, that was the biggest budget, biggest mainstream, main everything role I've had at that point. And uh, if somebody had brainwashed me and told me and and made me forget Christian Bale was playing Dick Cheney. And for those of you who don't know, or, you know, American politics, he's a short, fat, bald man. And uh, Christian Bale's, you know, he's a leading A-list looking, hot looking dude. And uh, had Sony brainwashed me, I would have known it was Christian Bale. I, I would have said, that, that, wow, that's a Dick Cheney uh, lookalike. And it wasn't until I heard his accent, because I think he's from 
I, I can't remember where he's from in England, um, but he had he has a very kind of Cockney accent. And uh, so when he spoke, it was I was like, holy crap, that's Christian Bale. And uh, another guy, I was I've heard horror stories, and there's even horror stories about him online. And uh, but he was eternally polite. Uh, he's 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 more of a theatrical actor, so he's he doesn't really break character much, or, you know, or he stays kind of in his zone. But he kind of broke out a little bit, introduced himself on my first day, and made me feel super welcome. And um, the first shot of the movie, this is a nice little Hollywood insight. I stood up next to him, and for those who don't know, I'm, I'm not a short guy. No. No, neither is he, but I'm also pretty tall, and yeah. the shot looked crappy. Like, it looked silly having me next to him. And not to knock him, just in general. Like, yeah. cinema, uh, speaking as far as, like, creating a picture. Yeah. Like, if you're taking pictures, if you're a photographer, it, it doesn't look good having things that are so disproportionate with a waste of air above a, a subject. And So I actually got recast on the first day. Because <laughs> I was... I was I was too ripe for the role, I guess. Yeah. And uh, but I still got to work for two weeks with him, and uh, yeah, uh, that was awesome. And I, I'll be faster. But like another huge one, I did. I was in Korea for six months. That was my biggest, biggest leading role. Mm-hmm. And um, I shot that. That's actually wrapping up now. We did a little bit of more audio just last week, actually. And uh, down at uh, Warner Brothers, will be releasing it. And it's called. Um, well, it's called. It's now called Take Point. And it has, it's like an ensemble piece. It has a, a now friend, Kevin Durand, is one of the main leads in it. And uh, it's a whole, like, what if World War Three scenario. So it's kind of a thriller action movie. And that thing, that was the kid in me. Like, every day I, I just was <laughs> giddy as a little, giddy as a little schoolgirl. I was, I, that was, the, if I could do that every day till the day I retire or die, I, that would be it. And, uh, yeah, and then, now, then I just... For whatever reason, I'm always in that weird networking space. You know, like yeah. one minute I'm like, I, I got to audition for because of the real random word of mouth, uh, Stallone's um, new Creed two that's now out or coming out soon to play Drago's son because I was so tall. Um, and then that the next day I met Dolph Lundgren at the gym in passing. You know, so it's just like all these little weird things are like just I, yeah, I'm not yeah. like that guy of like oh the universe is answering my questions, but there are a lot of weird things that just keep happening in sequence where I'm like, just one of these mother, you know, beepers just needs to sync up and take a risk on the new guy because, uh, you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal is to, you know, be the new guy that they, that, uh, takes over at least a, at least Hollywood, you know, Boulevard, maybe not Hollywood itself. (laughs) We'll settle for a star. We'll settle for a star on the Boulevard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, no small goals. Yeah. You know, I I want one that people don't pee on too much. That's all I ask. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let the dogs do that either. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want prime real estate. Yeah. Jeff, how was, how was the, I was going to say, you said you absolutely would love to do every minute of your life, but how was it filming in lo, on location, like say in Korea for, for six months? Because yeah. that's a, a big chunk of life in a, in a, in a very different country. I know you, your uh, yeah, forces I, background. I may think, have... Yeah, I think the deployment, like you're saying, I think the deployment life uh, helped uh, me like be okay with it. But also, I think also because it was, it's newer in my career, mm-hmm. it had, it had a lot of the novelty to it. So it was kind of like the the little kid Christmas syndrome is, it was just inherently fun because it was so new. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I could also see like, I don't, I, I, at the time I was, I had a, um, a significant other and she and I've since passed, not passed. It sounds like we died, yeah. broke up, but we, um, so like, I can understand if you're away from your significant other, or your family, that was a, that was a strain, but really beyond that, you, I don't care where I've even t- uh, emailed the director. I was like, if you need me again, I'll come back. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll happily come back out there. And so, 
I mean, uh, Korea, as far as any places go, it's not, it is extremely clean, extremely polite. I was very, it was a neat culture experience for sure. And, 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 and I digress slightly, but some of the Korean movies I've seen over the last few years, normally on flights when I've watched yeah, them, yeah. been brilliant, brilliant, very, very and different angle for yeah, movies. And that's the inertia, and that's where the inertia is, I believe, as far as studios right now, is like um, Chris Evans, the guy who plays Captain America, he was in a film similarly based out of Korea and had a Korean, you know, I think writer and all that. And it was shot in Korean. It was called Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And I think something happened there. And there is a huge Korean film market just for Korean in general. And I think there's this conglomeration where studios are now seeing dollar signs and there's new content to be made. That's just not a remake of a remake of a remake of a sequel. So I think they're seeing how to make it work, you know, across the board as far as artistically and, you know, profit wise. And, uh, yeah, it, that was the thing. It was, it was really a cool... I mean, I even know in major mainstream movies here, they'll actually add scenes or almost like little subplots with Korean name-brand actors or actresses to appeal to those markets. So that's why, like, here in America, when you hear about a movie just bombing in the box office, but it destroyed... It was a, an amazing profit in, like, you know, the Asian market is because they actually inserted a plot line with one of their leading men or women. And it's an astonishing... I'm, I'm so glad that's not my job <laughs> to yep. make those decisions. No, I know, but we, perhaps we could see Jeff Bosley in a, in a Bollywood movie. Oh, God, I get that one all the time. That, I might draw the line there. <laughs> so, <laughs> if anybody, I'll do respect to the Bollywood uh, audience and appreciation people, but uh, those are a little, they're fun. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I did find, even in, and uh, maybe it has changed, but a couple of the serious Indian movies I did watch, they, they still managed to break into a, a meek. Uh, a song and oh, there's always yeah. Yeah, a musical yeah. interlude. Yeah, yeah you could yeah. be in the middle of a James Bond Bollywood yeah. thing, and there'll be a there'll be a musical interlude, interlude somehow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> integral part of it. So it's really exciting, really exciting times times for you at the moment, and you you sound you're oh, yeah. loving every minute of it. I am. It's it's good. It's actually funny. This is a very awesome thing with technology. I'm actually sitting on a at a horse ranch, not that I own. I'm not that I'm not successful there. Soon, but, soon, Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't trust me. I need a horse. <laughs> and uh, where I volunteer at, and uh, yeah, I'm getting to school, bro. So I'm sitting here next to my horse, you know, having you call me. And uh, yeah, it's it's those little baby steps, you know, glimmers of like reassurance you know those things that just fuel you even if, albeit every six months they're those boosts are needed for sure yeah definitely well it's quite it's quite a, a picture you know you're back from japan shooting and you're you're there on your ranch, on the ranch with the horse which i could just hear yeah. i think that was the horse yeah the a-hole i just brushed him and cleaned him and he just rolled in the dirt so you uh, yeah. somehow ruined my thanks craig that's i'll blame that one on you. Yeah. welcome to the show romeo that you're the second guest of my new studio <laughs> <laughs> my, know, my second guest was a horse original... Your first original guess is like, well, who's this a hole from I, the, from the state and his horse? Yeah, you know, it's horse, I, upstaged, uh, yeah. I must I upstaged an artistic classic good musician for this. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we we hope you when you're in London, we we'll bring you down because our new studio is is uh, only thirty five minutes from the uh, centre of London, so it could be very easy I'm to get you here. Yeah. So and I'm not sure. Sh- yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, 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 a Holland, or Holland, a London trip will happen in my future and i'm kind of however the last time most of the last times we spoke the running joke was that your old studio sometimes the air conditioner blow out and yes. you'd be like just sitting in there in your trouser your uh, boxers yeah, yeah we don't really want to go and that was yeah. kind of a sales pitch <laughs> so now that i know now that i know you have air conditioning i you kind of lost a, you lost an angle <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we did have we did have air conditioning on one but it wasn't really effective but it's what is wonderful studio here but uh we, we, yeah. we, we'd welcome you here but we'd probably leave the horse at home 
<laughs> okay. I won't be a prima donna and bring my, my service horse with me or something. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my emotional support horse. <laughs> Jeff, it's, it's been lovely speaking to you. I'm having lots of always, n- nice, nice messages coming in. And people are saying, where can they find out more about the, the movies you've been in oh, and, and where, what you're doing now? So directly. I'm very um, active. Uh, not in a pompous way, but in a way that I know I, I vow to never forget. I'm, I'm, I'm the audiences, or call it, I'll be it, calling the fans. I'm your employee, so I'm very interactive. To to with that in mind, and so anything can be found on easily jeffbosley.com, and anything else on social media is the Jeff Bosley. So your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook. I'm very active on Instagram. I, I try to interact with people. Um, and I guess this would be a time to bring it up as a little pitchy, but I also did start my own podcast where I, you know, very interactive with people who email me and I create segments of the show for people. Cause a lot of people follow me for fitness or maybe motivation or maybe Hollywood. I do nerd stuff. I do. And I talk about trucks and I've actually created a podcast based on the Swiss army knife of diversity I have. And, um, it can be found on iTunes and it's called the land of Boz. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, also, uh, Patreon dot com forward slash the land of boz it's a five day a week show i do an hour show five days a week and uh people are loving it and that's actually been that's been a fun way and i I now see where you're coming from it's a fun interactive way to Mm. create something daily i I completely the first day i tried it i was hooked i was i i loved just holding up in my room setting up my mic in my studio and creating a show talking to myself <laughs> so it's I quite the appeal it's quite a challenge doing it five days a week i have done it but I, i'm quite happy with what one day a week is quite is good yeah i won't lie there are days uh, yeah. there but it's sheer ego because i've said i would yeah and you're going to do <laughs> online it. Yeah. so i have to do it yeah like as soon as i'm done here playing with this, ro- this this horse i have to run home and record tomorrow's show and i do an interview too and hey you know what tables will turn now i say it now yeah. here publicly i need to have you on the show uh, most well i'd be very honored to come on your show no that would i can't believe that, that yeah that's an obvious yeah that that will happen we'll do that <laughs> jeff thank, it's a it's lovely speaking to you and we really do oh, hope that we catch you in in london in the not too distant future we look forward to oh, it very Sam, much absolutely yeah. always my i it's an honor to continue this tradition it means the world to me yeah and a big shout out to steve snaker who makes it all happen yeah, for sure. Thank you. And then thanks to everybody chiming in, listening, and listening after the fact. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting Craig, for sure. Much appreciated. Thanks again, Jeff. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Jeff Bosley, and uh, do check out his website. This is Chuck Jacks. All right. That was a kick-ass Monday. Free show. I hope you enjoyed it. Pass it on to your friends. If you're a Patreon subscriber, thank you. If you're not, and you're just slowly taking in the land of boz like a little uh, taste of the heroin go for it eight quarters a month i will give you 20 shows a month and i will keep you entertained and motivated and educated and everything in between uh, i thank you for your time i genuinely hope i give you your money's worth i sincerely believe i'm your employee you are i guess paying me to give you a product and i hope i'm giving you your money's worth and i thank you for your time your interest and your support so it's monday the start of many people's week so uh you can do it (laughs) go forth conquer kick ass be relentless adios